It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in. It is the third and final hour of the program today, and what a program it has been. Lots of stuff going on, and uh, we have another story up at WBSM.com that I want to make you aware of. Marcus Farrow uh, just had the story now um, ahead of his discussion tonight with Bristol County Sheriff Paul Haro, who will be joining South Coast tonight this evening. Uh, but the story is now up there that, uh, and we're actually sending out an alert in a little bit too, if you if you get it on your app that way, uh, that um, Sheriff Haro has announced that he is lowering the hiring age for new corrections officers to 18 years old. It had previously been 19 years old. Now they're lowering it to 18 years old uh, in a way to hopefully fill in some of the ranks and, and uh, fill in some positions that are vacant. So you can read more about that at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Just another big story that's broken during the course of the morning. Uh, we also have the story from Kate that uh, Superintendent Thomas Anderson, who had applied, well, who had been a finalist for the job in Newton, and they selected a different candidate for that. Uh, there was a rumor going around that he was a candidate for the West Hartford job. He denied that in an email to me and then got upset with me when I wrote an email, uh, when, when I wrote a story rather, saying that he denied being a candidate in, in West Hartford. And it turns out all that time, unbeknownst to me or, or to our news department, he was a candidate in East Hartford, Connecticut, because now he has been named the new superintendent of East Hartford, his uh, his hometown. So, I mean, congratulations to him on on, on getting the job. Uh, I just thought it was a little bit disingenuous to to be, to email me and be upset about me writing an article about that when it turns out and you were looking for, you were applying for another job. But anyway, that means New Bedford is now in the market for a superintendent, so we'll find out how that's going to proceed and we will let you know when we know about that. I would assume that uh, it's going to be a tight squeeze to try to get somebody in place by the time Superintendent Anderson leaves. He takes over on July 1st in East Hartford. So um, they'll probably be an interim superintendent in New Bedford, I would guess, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. And then, of course, the story also up at WBSM.com and on the app, Mayor Mitchell vetoing the three ballot questions that the city council voted to place on the November ballot. Uh, they will be able to uh, override his veto on at least two of them, it seems. Uh, the CPA question might might be a little bit more of a fight to have enough votes to supersede the veto, but we'll see what happens uh, when the council discusses that. There is a council meeting tonight. Our our Adam Bass will be there covering the meeting, and he'll be calling into South Coast tonight, I'm sure, with some updates. Uh, and, of course, you can also follow along with him on Twitter at Adam Bass of Mass as he will be live tweeting from the council meeting. So that's just some of the many things that we can discuss today. There's a lot going on here locally that we can discuss, and that's why you know I, I want to keep it local because there is so much to talk about. And I want to get your thoughts on these stories, 508-996-0500. I want to get your app chat messages, 
via the WBSM app. Uh, and I want to be able to to hammer home uh, a lot of these local stories. And another story that is out there, and you heard it mentioned in the news, the woman who was charged with trespassing in the Freetown Lakeville schools, Kayla Churchill. If you remember that story a few months ago, uh, she had concerns about the safety of the schools. She had concerns about if uh, students were protected from a possible person coming in wanting to do them harm. She had reached out to the superintendent. The superintendent had said, you know, I would, I would love to, to take you to the schools and show you our security measures. And instead, she showed up at a couple of the schools one day and gave a false name at the door and was let in. Now, granted, that shouldn't have happened. I, I totally agree that the name should have been checked. The student name that she gave should have been checked. ID should have been presented. There were things that didn't happen that should have happened. And that her stunt, that's what I'm going to call it, her stunt, uh, drew attention to those things. And I'm sure that they are now in place. I'm sure that they are now, you know, points of emphasis, as they say in the NFL. You know, the, the rule's always been there, but people have ignored the rule and kind of been lax about enforcing the rule. So now we're going to have a point of emphasis about it. And so I think that there's probably a point of emphasis on checking the name of the person at the door, checking the name of the student, checking if they're on that student's list of people who can come and get them, and checking for ID. I'm sure all of those things are, are now points of emphasis in the Freetown-Lakeville School Department. But um, nonetheless, Kayla Churchill is still facing charges for walking into those schools and for giving a false name. So the and what's interesting is now that she is a candidate for school committee, she actually had to get special permission, I think, from the chief of police and the superintendent to be able to attend meetings at the schools because she trespassed on the school. So they, they probably had a no trespass order against her. And now she has gotten special permission. And we can't really in New Bedford. Well, what are we going to say about that? Right. A few years ago, we had a school committee member who was going into his tenure on the school committee with a no trespass order from the superintendent that they had to get special permission for him to be able to go and attend school functions and, and, and school committee meetings that happen in a school. So, you know, we're not going to really, really judge you on that one <laughs> here in New Bedford. We, we've been there, done that. But my the reason I want to bring this up is Again, as I said earlier in the program, it's not about ideological differences. Obviously, my stance on a lot of things are going to be different than what Kayla Churchill's stances are or what her platform is. Uh, on her Kayla Churchill for School Committee page, uh, she, I, I, again, I, I did say that I do agree with her on, on one thing, that children should be taught cursive. I think it's a small amount of time spent on that. Uh, but, you know, she's she's also somebody who is a supporter of the Moms of Moms for Liberty. And I, I don't really support Moms for Liberty. I don't really support the stance of that organization. I don't, you know, digging into more of what they do and what they stand for. I don't really, um, I, I'm not going to sign her 
post that she has where she's pushing for people to sign for that. There's 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 been a lot of problems. So even even if the if the movement had the best of intentions, and it is a conservative, although they say non political organization. Um, yeah, and I don't agree with things that they've done, such as easing up. They they, they campaigned against COVID nineteen health safety restrictions in schools. Um, they push for you know books to be kept out of the libraries. Uh, there's they push for they they're hung up on the idea of critical race theory, all of those things. And and again, anybody that listens to the show, you know how I feel about all those things. We're not not getting into all of that, but they've had some some pretty problematic members of the group. Like there was one activist who advocated for separating LGBTQ students into specialized classes, quote, like, for example, children with autism or Down syndrome. Like that's, that's just ridiculous. But anyway, it's not, it's, it's not, about, I don't want to get into all of that. But, you know, obviously we're going to have ideological differences. I go back to what Chris McCarthy says about people. Chris McCarthy has a saying that he has when people go beyond the, you know beyond the ridiculous or when people don't live up to what it is that they're trying to project for themselves. And and his saying is I just have to think that you're not a serious person. And I I have to say that I don't think Kayla Churchill is a serious person. For a number of reasons. And I'm going to lay those out for you. One, she's campaigning to be a member of the Freetown Lakeville School Committee because she wants to enact all of these changes in the school department. But apparently her children don't go to the school anymore. She pulled them and put them in private school. Now, I can go either way on that. You could say that, well, I pulled them and put them in private school because I don't like the way the schools are going, but if I can get on the school committee and help make those changes that I want to see happen, I would happily put my kids back in public school. And that might be very well the case. But I think you're, you're not, I'm not going to think that you're a serious person if you've already pulled your kids from the school department that you want to be, uh, for, that you want to be part of the school committee for. Also, I guess she's really not been out there talking a lot about the issues. I don't know because I haven't been paying full attention. I'm just going by some of the comments that I read in a Freetown Facebook group. But there there seems to be concern from some of the parents in that school system that there's been a lack of her, you know, talking about specifics of what she's wanting to do outside of sharing some things on her Facebook page like, you know, sign up for the Moms for Liberty and, um, you know, to, today there was a post that all children matter. Uh, that you know you want to stand up for, and this is this is about standing up for for um, victims of child abuse. Uh, this is for standing up, uh, you know, for teaching kids to respect each other. This is teaching kids to empower each other, and this might be actually in correlation with something that was posted in one of those groups yesterday, which I'll get to in a moment. But in that group, there's been a lot of her mom defending her and arguing for her. Her mom and this other lady. Like the two of them arguing with anybody that puts anything that's critical about Kayla Churchill in the comments. That's just a bad look. Anybody that's running for office, don't have a self-appointed 
or or maybe appointed by you, but don't have a family or friend who acts as a bulldog that goes in there and and barks at anybody that gets close to you. Anybody that walks up toward your front gate, you don't need somebody barking at you. It's not a good look. I don't think that you're a serious person. That's that goes for anybody for any position on either side of, of, of the aisle. Don't have somebody doing your dirty work. Either if you want to go and, and argue with folks and, and comment back and forth with folks, do it yourself. Or the really the right thing to do is tell your mom or your husband or wife or whoever it might be that's, that's in there arguing on your behalf, hey, hey, I've, I've got this. I appreciate the support you're trying to show, but it's a bad look. And it is a bad look. No matter what, step back, let it all play out. If you don't like the, the um, spotlight and the, and the comments that are being made as she is campaigning, you're really not going to like what happens when she gets on the school committee, if she does, and starts speaking her mind and starts making proposals and comes up with ideas and, and, uh, and, and, and states things in school committee meetings that people are going to have a problem with, you're really not going to like what happens then. So, you know, you got to kind of learn to have that thick skin early on in the campaign. Say what you want about Sean Oliver and, 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 and the memes that he posted and, and the, 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 um, the flack that came from as a result of it. But he didn't, he didn't really get in the fray about it. Now he, you know, in a lot of people's opinions, including mine, he didn't say enough about it, but he also didn't, he didn't get into the fray. He wasn't in the comment section arguing with everybody. So it's not doing you any favors to have your mom do that. Your website, by the way, there's nothing to your website. I clicked on everything and it doesn't do anything. So there's that. I would like to see your platform on your website if you are a serious candidate. I would like to see what it is that you stand for. And again, you know, this can, it's a different day and age. Things can be done through social media and you can get all that information out there, but it's also good to have on your official campaign website. Somebody else with the name Churchill is looking for that domain name, votechurchill.com. That will put more substance to the website. So, you know, up the game a little bit. The election is on April 3rd. So you would think that that information would be up there. Again, I got to think you're not really serious about it. There's been a lot of posts about the signs that she got, the literature that she got, and a GoFundMe to help fund her campaign. That's not how campaigns are funded. Political campaigns. So you may want to look again at that situation. I've got to think you're not a serious person. Marcus and Chris discussed this last night, and, and, and Phil Devitt and I noticed it yesterday. We were having, the, as Phil was, you know, writing the story for the news, and uh, we were discussing it. I saw the literature that she put out. She has a pamphlet out, and she's pushing on that, getting back to reading, writing, and arithmetic. Arithmetic, which that's a colloquial saying. I'm not going to fault somebody. For saying, I'm going to use arithmetic, reading, writing, arithmetic. That's a colloquial saying that people have been saying for probably over a century, right? 
you learn you learn reading, writing, and arithmetic. But arithmetic is spelled wrong on our literature. Spelled rhythmatic. When it's supposed to be rhythmetic. M-E-T-I-C, not M-A-T-I-C. If you're running for school committee, you don't want to have typos and grammar errors on your campaign literature. That's an easy fix. So I have to look at that and think, you're not a serious person. But there was some controversy yesterday in one of the Freetown Facebook groups. And it looks like the post has been down. I was, I was trying to find it again. And now comment, there was a, a previous post about her running uh, in which the comments had to be turned off. I think this post from yesterday was just completely taken down. But her mother had shared an email that, and again, I'm going to tell you just kind of my, my rudimentary understanding of it. And before you call in and say, well, you could have called and you could have done this and you could have done that and you could have done this. I just want to let you know. I don't, I don't care enough about it to really spend that much time digging into it. I don't think she's a serious person. I don't think she's a serious candidate. I think the other two incumbents will win. So I'm not going to devote that much of my time to it. But apparently she received an email back from a school, a person at the school because she had been, she had expressed concern about the confidentiality that was promised for the schools, for the Aponiquet High School LGBTQ plus club. That she wanted to know if the confidentiality meant that the parents didn't know that the students were part of that club. And the response that she got was, and this is this was what was posted by her mother, even though her mother tried to say that it was people posting emails, she was the one that posted it. But the response was, well, first of all, Kayla had sent the email asking about the class, and it's not a class, it's an after-school club. So, again, if you don't know the difference, I'm not sure that you're a serious person. But the club, according to the the faculty member that, that emailed, back, emailed back, it's an after-school club, and since they don't have a bus that takes people home from that after-school class, parents are picking the kids up, so they assume that the parents know that the kids are part of that club. But that if any parent has a concern about a club that the student is in, that their child is in, that they're happy to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with that parent about their child. They're not going to generally comment on it to somebody who doesn't even have a child in the school. And it was, you know, being portrayed by her mother as well. A lot of concerned parents asked her to reach out to the school and ask them that. I, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say concerned parents whose children are not in that club. Concerned parents who are just concerned about the fact that there is an LGBTQ plus club, which is part of the agenda of the Moms for Liberty, to, to not have these kind of clubs in school. As I read to you, one of the members of that group actually suggested that they, the LGBTQ plus students be placed in their own specialized classroom. So I'm going to assume that those parents 
if they were concerned about their own child being in that club, would have contacted the school and not this person running for school committee. Excuse me, regular citizen who is not actually part of the school committee yet. Can you contact the school on my behalf and find out about what my child is doing after school? If you believe that and think that that really happened, you're not a serious person either. What this was, was you found out that there was a club that existed and you wanted to find out if they were secretly keeping from the parents that the kids were in that club. Let me tell you something. I was involved in a lot of clubs when I was in high school. I was involved in a lot of clubs that some of them I was a member of that I never even showed up to meetings and they still had me come down for the yearbook photo. It's like, I don't even know why you're having me do this. I've never gone to a meeting. But I was, that's, I was involved in everything after school. And I, I did. I loved it. I loved being part of things like the drama club, the AV club, the foreign language club. I loved it all. And not once did the school have to contact my parents to let them know that I was in said club. And as pointed out by some of the commenters, she's not asking about the policy when it comes to the drama club. She's not asking about the policy when it comes to, you know, students against drunk driving. She's only asking about the policy toward the LGBTQ plus club because it feels as though she's targeting that club. And that's when her mom goes on this, this, this defensive rant about how, you know, the parents asked her to contact the school about it. If, if you did, if you are a parent that contacted her and said, please reach out to the school about whether or not my child is in this club, you are not a serious person. So that's just some of the highlights of how this campaign has been so far, which is why I say I don't think that Kayla Churchill is a serious person. Again, to borrow a phrase from Chris McCarthy. So all of that laid out for you. You know, you can follow along with her campaign. You can follow along with her Facebook page. I know a lot of you out there that are listening will support the platform that she has. Just, just I would caution you. Be wary that the person and the platform are two different things. You might like what they stand for, but they might not be the right person to execute that. And sometimes that has to take in, be taken into account. I'm not openly suggesting that people shouldn't vote for her. You know, I, I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't have any children in that school system. But I am warning the people who are voting, just take into account that you are voting for the person just as much as you are for the platform. And it seems to me like she is just not a serious person. Some, sometimes you have to look at it and say, I get where you're going. Maybe, maybe not yet. Maybe with a little more seasoning and a little bit more time to dedicate toward it, she will be a serious candidate. She will be a serious person. But right now, I just don't see it. 508-996-0500. If, uh, if you want to comment on that, uh, Jean and Marion said, uh, let's also remember she has pending court cases. Let's remember this isn't behind her yet. I mean, you can take that into account, of course, not everybody will feel the same way about it. Some people think she's a hero for what she did. Barry was on the radio 
actually calling her a hero for what she did. That's his opinion of it. I look at it more of you're a joke for what you did. And to be honest with you, you created confusion and you created fear where it didn't need to be created. You're worried about how safe kids feel in school and you pulled a stunt to try to prove that rather than just waiting and taking the superintendent up on his, on his offer to tour the schools and be shown the security measures that they have in place. But you wanted to prove your point as so many of these parents are doing now. And that's what's led to me not being able to take you seriously. One of the things. But uh, th to be fair, the pending court cases, it does not appear would preclude her from being able to serve on the school committee because she did get special permission to be able to uh, be on school grounds um, for attending meetings. So just as, you know, with, as I said, with, with John Oliveira, we had the same problem here in New Bedford. He had a no trespassing order on New Bedford School's property because of his problems with Dr. Pia Durkin, and he got permission that he could attend the meetings as a result of that. So um, anyway, 508-996-0500, late for a break, back in a few. In 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in or hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app. Say, don't make any plans for Saturday because, well, actually make a plan to come out and join us at Aldi in Dartmouth because, as you know, we do the Hunger Heroes Food Drop twice a year and we will be having the spring edition of the Hunger Heroes Food Drop this coming Saturday. Uh, March 25th from 10 a.m. to noon. It's a different location than in the past. We are going to be at the Aldi in Dartmouth. So the Aldi store in the Dartmouth Mall, you will be able to go into the store and grab some stuff if you, if you don't already have it in your car. Uh, or when you come up, you can just pull right up to us. We will take it out of your car and you don't have to do anything. And these donations will all be going to help area kids uh, be well fed during the upcoming April school, school vacation week. It's made possible by the United Way of Greater New Bedford, who do a fantastic job of providing healthy meals to kids to make sure that they don't have to go hungry. And it's made possible thanks to our friends at Primacare and First Citizens Federal Credit Union. So again, we will be there from 10 to noon at the Aldi in Dartmouth this Saturday morning taking those donations from you and you don't even have to get out of the car. Uh, if you want to find a list at WBSM.com and on the app of all the things you can donate, you'll find that there and you can either, you know, go get it now and, and just drop it off on Saturday or you can go right into Aldi and get it and bring it over to us uh, on Saturday morning. So looking forward to seeing all of you there. Please, you know, make sure you come over and say hi if you enjoy listening to the show and if you are somebody who doesn't enjoy listening to the show, um, you can still say hi too. I still want to meet you. Uh, let me give you a couple of programming notes as well, because they have a packed edition of South Coast tonight this evening. Uh, they will have, if you haven't heard the story already, New Bedford School Superintendent Thomas Anderson has accepted the same job in his hometown of East Hartford. He will start there July 1st. So he, the, the, the New Bedford will be looking for a new superintendent. Uh, I'll have a statement from Mayor Mitchell for you on that in just a moment. But uh, tonight on South Coast Tonight, they will have school committee member Bruce Oliveira on at 7.30 reacting to that news and school committee member Ross Grace at 8.30 
reacting to that news. And in addition, they already had scheduled before this news broke uh, candidates for the Dartmouth School Committee. So it's really going to be a full show with an educational focus this evening on South Coast tonight. So be sure to check that out, 7 to 10 right here on WBSM. And if you miss any part of it, of course, Marcus gets the podcasts up pretty much immediately after the hour is over so that you'll be able to check it out when it works for you. Uh, And I did mention that we did receive a statement from Mayor Mitchell regarding Thomas Anderson's departure. Uh, He says... And this this comes from Mayor Mitchell directly. Give me one second. I'm grateful for Superintendent Anderson's service over the past five years, especially his steady leadership of the district during the pandemic when schooling was disrupted as never before. I also congratulate him on his return to his hometown. The school committee will convene to discuss the next steps, including the possible appointment of an interim superintendent after the end of the school year and the search for a new permanent superintendent. So, uh, you know, classy in the fact that, you know, the... You know, wishing him the best and uh, and thanking him for what he has done. Um, but then also, you know, the, the business of how to replace him will be something that will be discussed uh, coming up in the very near future. So, uh, again, it if you hadn't been following along with the story, uh, we got the, the tip a few months ago, a few weeks ago, that uh, Superintendent Anderson was a finalist in Newton. He was one of three finalists in Newton. They ended up not selecting him. It was kind of presented to us at the time that it was uh, from the school committee members that I spoke to for the story that I wrote then that it seemed like he was, you know, uh, picked out by one of these basically headhunters, people who are looking for good quality candidates in these superintendent searches, zeroed in on him, obviously, because of the work that he's done here in New Bedford. He's a young guy. Uh, He's from, you know, uh, he's 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 had opportunities in towns that are. Um, near Newton. He was in Randolph for a number of years. So this is kind of something where you're not surprised that he was a candidate for that job, but ultimately they opted not to select him. Now, the other story that we had heard later on was that he was a candidate for the job in West Hartford. And I had reached out to the West Hartford chair of the school board and she referred me to the search committee, to the uh, company that the search committee had hired that does this professionally they would not comment on specifics as to who was a candidate, but they basically intimated to me that he wasn't a candidate there. And Superintendent Anderson told me in an email that he wasn't a candidate in West Hartford. And when I wrote the article killing that rumor, he got upset and sent me an email saying, you know, how could you you know, give this any, basically, how would you give this any oxygen when it's, it's just a rumor? Well, at the same time, he was a candidate for the West Hartford job. So he could have said, it's not East Hartford, it's West Hartford. Now, I don't expect him to tell me all of his, you know, career plans, but maybe maybe don't send me an email getting upset about me writing a rumor killer article in which I was trying to, I, I, you know, trying to let the people know that you, you weren't leaving when in actuality you were or trying to. So a little disappointed in that, but still wish him the best. I think he's going to do a great job there. Uh, just as he did here in New Bedford. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. Uh, We also have um, uh, the ability for you to send in those app chat messages on the WBSM app if that is easier for you. And uh, this comes in from JJ in Fairhaven who says, unbelievable that you don't think parents and students should be able to question authority. People are allowed to question schools and government. We're not communists here. Uh, yeah, I, I never said that you're not allowed to question them. 
I just said that I don't agree with the, the ideology and the stance that they have with those questions. And the, and the reason for questioning them. But as usual, JJ, you are one of those app chatters that just hears what you want to hear because you've already made up your mind about what my opinion is anyway. So, you know, go back, download the podcast, listen to it a little bit more intently, and, and hear what it is that I say. Take your prejudices that you have against me out of your mind already. Uh, take those out and listen with a fresh set of ears and listen to what I say. I had somebody come and, and go after me on my personal Facebook page yesterday saying that they don't want to call into me because, you know, I'm a liberal. Oh, okay. Well, then don't. I, I don't really need somebody to call me that's not even my Facebook friend, but yet comes to my Facebook page to try to instigate something with me. Like, find something better to do with your time. Anyway, 508-996-0500 or app chat on the WBSM app. We'll be back in a few moments. Welcome back in 508-996-0500 or hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app. We still have a few moments to talk with you uh, before we will give way to Bill O'Reilly. And then after that, it'll be the Barry Richards show. And then after that, it'll be Howie Carr. And then after that, it'll be a packed South Coast night this evening. Again, they are going to have, let me give you the guest rundown again with the exact times. Um, because it it's, as I said, it's a very packed show. They're going to have uh, Bruce Oliveira, school committee member Bruce Oliveira at 7.30 reacting to the news that Thomas Anderson is leaving to go to his, his hometown of East Hartford, uh, Connecticut. Uh, also, Ross Gray, school committee member, will be on at 8.30, and there'll be candidates for the Dartmouth School Committee uh, on the show as well. So that'll be a very packed show this evening. And of course, Adam Bass will be at the New Bedford City Council meeting, and he will let us know if there's anything, any big news that comes out of that. Uh, there is going to be some talk about the Unit C salary reclassification. There's some interesting items on the agenda about the Zaitarian. And we will we'll discuss all of that, too, as well in the morning tomorrow with City Council President Linda Morad. And uh, to, joining her tomorrow will be Ward 2 Councilor Maria Giesta. So we will discuss what happens in the meeting with them tomorrow here on the program. So if you, uh, if you ever don't get a chance to read the story before the segment... Uh, which I don't know why you wouldn't. Adam Bass does a great job of getting it done. We get it out there the night before. You've got plenty of time. But uh, we can always recap that in the morning. Speaking of recaps, we have an article up where we recap the mayor's letter to the council about his veto. The three vetoes, really. He's vetoing all three of those ballot questions that the city council wanted to place on the November ballot. They will be able to uh, override that veto, at least on a couple of those questions. But he lays out not only his reasons to be for vetoing those particular questions, but he questions the way that they were put on the ballot and why they were put on the ballot. And he even calls into question whether or not the council is complying with the open meeting law, 
which Council President Linda Morad, in a statement she provided to me, uh, certainly took issue with. And she had some very harsh words in response to Mayor Mitchell's strongly worded letter. And she basically said, look, we've been trying to work together. And I, it, the, the language and the tone of this letter makes me feel like that's, that's not going to be able to happen. So instead of that wedge kind of getting sewn back, that, that, that deep cut, getting sewn up a little bit, maybe being able to get both sides to communicate a little bit, sounds like the stitches just got ripped open. 508-996-0500 going to take my final break and then we'll finish the show off in just a few moments. I have a picture Welcome back. You know, all these years later, that song came out just about 40 years ago now. I don't I don't really think that the Thompson twins were actually twins. I think they lied to us. First of all, there's three of them. So I don't I definitely don't think that they were twins. But I don't even think that they were Thompson Thompson triplets. They don't look anything alike. Anyway, 508-996-0500 if you want to squeeze something in. I did forget to mention when doing that big rundown of all the guests are going to have on South Coast tonight. I forgot that they're also having on Bristol County Sheriff Paul Haro, who's going to be talking about his new initiative. He has lowered the age of hiring for corrections officers to 18. So it was 19 before, but by making it 18, it makes it easier for them to start the process even earlier. So they can start the process at 17. They can start going in there. And you can read all about it. Marcus has an article at WBSM and WBSM.com and on the app where he gets into it all. And they're going to be discussing it more tonight with Sheriff Haro, one of the many guests on South Coast tonight. I sent Marcus a text saying your head's going to be spinning by the end of those three hours because they've got so much packed in tonight's show. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of upset that it's my bowling night and I'm not going to be able to listen live. I'm going to have to be, I'm going to have to listen to it on podcast later on. But um, certainly you can tune in and catch the whole program from 7 to 10. And, of course, Barry's coming up after uh, the Bill O'Reilly report. And Barry, I'm sure, will be talking more about Mayor Mitchell's letter and about the battle between him and the city council and uh, maybe even getting into the Superintendent Anderson stuff as well, which you can read all about at WBSM.com and on the app if you missed any part of that story. So uh, check it out. Follow us there. And if you haven't downloaded the app already, you can do so from your app store. It is free. Brought to you by our friends at South Coast Towing. That's going to do it for me for today. Thank you all for tuning in. And as always, uh, enjoy every sandwich. Talk to you tomorrow.